the ship for an immediate attack. <laughs> B-Cinema Talks with your hosts Tina Desiree Berg and Jason LaCorey. Ladies and gentlemen, we Wrestling fans, are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, from the capital city of the United States of America, Washington, D.C., ladies and gentlemen, This evening, as our guests, we have the ladies of Karma Club. Karma Club is a web series in which professional female fighters track down domestic violence abusers and give them a taste of their own medicine. We've got eyes on him. I'm sending you the information right now. I've got eyes on hit number 212. I've got eyes on hit 212. He's on 5th Street. He just went into the tunnel. I've got eyes on him. Got him. 5th and Main. I have your next I've got client. Your next client. She really needs your help. She's really going to need your help. I'm, I'm on my way. So you're vigilant. When it comes to protecting women, the law in this country is useless. So someone has to step up for them. Karma Club. We are karma. I have your next, I have client. Your next client. She, she really, really needs your help. I'm on my I'm way. I'm on my way. Yeah. I'm on my way. With every step I take No chance of ever turning back My new tomorrow is all I have Hoping these memories fade to black From now on I will be the ruler of my life No more tears will I let fall This time can't cost me to stay another 
I have your next client. She really needs your help. I'm on my way. Welcome, ladies. And of course, we have Jason with us, who is going to doing? be our he's going to be our house husband for the evening. <laughs> so, right. So let's just do a quick round robin of introductions. So everybody just um, say your, what your real name is, what your character name is, and then maybe share a little anecdote um, from your first shoot. Okay. I am Esther Goodstein. I am the producer, and also I play Dr. Payne. Dr. Payne, yes. <laughs> Everyone has yes. a code name and a character name, but mine are both the same because like Dr. It. Payne is Dr. Payne. That's actually yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Jason, welcome to the estrogen bubble. We promise not to be too mean, okay? <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm going to be on my best behavior. <laughs> nice. And then we have we have the uh, writer director with us. Her name is Tar Cardinal. Yes, hi, that's me. I am the the writer director and the co-creator. Jennifer Thomas is the other co-creator, and she's here too. Um, <clears throat> my character is a version of myself, so my character's name is Tara, and my code name is Top Secret. That's the reveal that doesn't happen until episode three. You were just mentioning that you had 18 different locations for your trailer. Yes, we did. Yes. That's, that's impressive. Um, <laughs> how many yeah, days we, did it take you to shoot that? Oh, I don't remember. Esther, you produced that. Can you tell me? I mean, it was one long <laughs> time. We did, yes, we did some partial days, but really it was three days of filming. Our first day in at the office on Wilshire, the the legal office, and then that was yes, that was a full day. Yeah, and then where did we shoot next? Did we go straight to Vegas from there? Yes, yes, we did. Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah, okay. We so shot we two days in Las Vegas and and another couple of bits and pieces. So yeah, we shot. Yeah, we shot on the we shot in the hotel. We shot on the bridge. We shot in the wrestling mm -hmm. ring. Um, and wow. we shot at the um, Sci-Fi Center at the theater. Okay. And then we also have Jennifer Thomas with us, who uh, is one of the actresses. And what is your character? Well, I'm Karma. As far as Karma. I'm the co-creator. Yes, I'm the co-creator of Karma Club. And basically, uh, Karma has been my character for many years, actually. Just not uh, in this sense. It's for my pro wrestling background. And um, basically, karma is uh, actions speak louder than words. And what goes around comes around. And Indeed. Um, that's what I'm all about. So that's, okay, so what's interesting to me about this situation is you folks are all wrestlers. I know you also have Hollywood from Glow. She's the one, the only, What I do if you were me, then you could too. So sorry, boy, you don't add up. If you want to wrestle me, you gotta be tough. So now, did you meet on a wrestling job together, or how did you guys all hook up and decide to create this uh, web series? That's 
That's exactly right. Jennifer and I met in the ring. That's how we met. <laughs> we met in the ring, and then we found out that we were neighbors and lived less than a mile away from each other. And then we decided to go to the gym together and work out one day, and that's kind of how the um, Karma Club was developed. You know, we were just having personal conversations, mm -hmm. and and it was just kind of amazing how it just came about. So. Um, you know? That is very interesting. So now, are you all still wrestlers? Do you all still participate in in that sport, or no? Yeah, I'm still currently a wrestler. I wrestle all over the world. Um, I'm the non-wrestler. You're <laughs> the non-wrestler. Okay. Non-wrestler. I met Tara. I met. All right. I met Tara uh, as as a filmmaker. So that's how our relationship okay. started. Absolutely. No, I mean, it's good to see strong women in the world doing these things. And I think the premise for the show is great. It's about time, you know, these guys got their just dessert, in my opinion. I wanted to ask you, you're a female writer-director, and in Hollywood, or in entertainment in general in this country, we have a very low rate of female directors. I was at a gender parity uh, summit a few months back uh, for the Guild, and it was stunning to me because the numbers came in at 6%. So 6% of the films that are produced here are directed by women. That's it. That's insane to me. And yeah. um, they, had, they had the Swedish Film Commission was part of this uh, panel, and they have gender parity in the film industry in Sweden. And it was really stunning to me because one of the questions that they were asked was, how did you get to this level? Did you put in quotas? And the woman from Sweden had no idea what that meant. She just looked at them blankly, like, I don't understand what you're saying. And the guy's like, well, how did you make that happen? And she said, well, we just did it. Which, <laughs> could you imagine the United States? <laughs> this guy, so this guy who was from one of the major studios was just looking stupid. So, but one of the things that also came from this is that when you have a female director, you also have much higher rates of employment uh, for women in every aspect of the film. So whether it's working on the set, whether it's as actors or actresses, there's everything gets increased. Now, um, there's this new idea floating around about inclusion writers. Are you familiar with this concept? Yeah. What is your opinion on that? Do you think this is something that women in film should be pursuing, especially as a director? Well, um, it was always everyone's intention in Karma Club to make sure that it was an inclusive project. Uh, we had an Asian DP. Um, we, we hunted down women of color to appear in the trailer. Um, mm -hmm. we, um, it was, we, we really wanted to show and that, that there are lots of different people in our world. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I think it's kind of silly to not have that on both I sides of I mean, the, the, we've got men, we've got women. They're all different right. colors, shapes, and sizes. That's the world that we live in, and why show anything else? That's just silly to me. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't. And, it, and in a way, it does uh, restrict their audience. And I think Hollywood's finally coming around to that idea that, well, maybe we should have films that actually suit what the audience is and maybe if they that is the case we'll have ways to increase our profits but for a long time that wasn't the accepted norm and especially for women as women aged in the industry they were often uh put out to pasture to, to put it in a blunt way that's changed a lot uh, 
over the last 10, 15 years. And I think this is all for the best. It took too long to happen, but at least it's happening now. Well, uh, if you look so, for treasure, Tina, I think you'll find yeah. that just about every woman in it is over 40 and some over 50. <laughs> so awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Not yeah. all of us, uh, but but the majority <laughs> of the and, and the funders too, you know, we're not we're not getting twenty year old girls. Not that there's anything right. wrong with twenty year old girls, but you know who has the experience? It's right. It's the women with experience. So what talk let's talk a little bit about your past project. You had something about the Red Reaper, Tara, that um I think got a little play a few years back. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, okay. Um, that was <laughs> my first foray into writing, acting, directing, and producing all at the same time. I was one of these actresses that, uh, you know, I kept my, my eyes open and my mouth shut on set and thought that yeah. I knew how to produce. And boy, <laughs> did I get a presentation quickly. That's, uh, it turns out <laughs> the producing is done before you get to set, which is not something an actress gets to see. <laughs> it's adorable, right. though. <laughs> But I tried. Um, so I had this idea, and um, things went horribly, horribly wrong, as they often do on independent projects. Um, I, yeah. I do like to think that mm, things went wrong for me more so than anybody else on planet Earth, but I'm sure there's worse stories out there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. but, she, but she persisted and she persevered. Yeah, I, I didn't right. give up. I don't know how to do that very well. I'm not good at giving up. And so eventually it did get released worldwide. It did fairly well. I am the Reaper Ayla. I am the Red Reaper. So it is the Red Reaper herself. The youngest, fastest, strongest of all the I was in love with the one man I could never have. Yeah. This is the price we have to pay, baby. Love is not for us. You know, we shouldn't be seen together. The place is here. Besides, if my father found out, he would kill me. Why are you still seeing Eris? Eris will be the first king this land I've ever seen, and I will not have my wayward daughter screwing that up. I thought I had a hundred years more to stop what was coming. The demon lord Ganesh. Welcome, Come Crystal. Sorry. <laughs> That's Hi. all right. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us who your character is on the show? Oh, okay. Uh, my name is Crystal Santos, and the character on Karma Club is Chance. Um, any fun stories from your trailer shoot? When I work with wrestlers, it's um, it's an interesting crossover. You know, I, I, I come from, um, there's, there's a lot of, like, showmanship with their work. And then I come from practical, deadly martial arts. 
So fusing them together is, was pretty fun. And you know, and I guess I guess according to to Jeannie, I have um, hard forearms. I'm not sure though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you actually taught her how to spar your way right in front of us, which was awesome. Yes. Yeah. You guys got you a know, little well, workout in. <laughs> we did, and you know, it's, it's fun. I love. I love what I do. I mean, on film, you know, it's a great part about, you know, Karma Club is uh, Tara really kind of gives us all just free reign to just be us. You know, uh, she mm -hmm. lets us, you know, kind of choreograph what where our home zones are and fuse them together with her. And that kind of plays on our strength. So I love working for directors like that. It makes it, it, makes it much easier. And she comes from martial arts, so it's helpful. <laughs> Absolutely. So your background's martial arts uh, versus uh, wrestling. Uh, have you done other martial arts films prior to this? Um, yeah, I'm actually uh, the, the one of the stars of the show Man at Arms: Art of War. I'm with Danny okay. Trejo. I'm the weapons master and martial artist on the show. On the next episode of Man at Arms: Art of War. The minute you grab a hold of this, you have just turned into the Grim Reaper. That'll kill just about anything. Our experts forge a path through the ancient weapons of Africa with a deadly Zah throwing dagger. That blade can take someone's leg off. And the side-splitting Shoto sword. Stay sharp. Man at Arms, Art of War. Hosted by Danny Trejo. New episode Thursday at 8 p.m. And then um, I've done Baron Knuckles, Martial Arts Kid too. The list goes on. Boom, boom, girl to wrestling. And I have done wrestling, um, but I never went into WWE or anything like that. Okay. Into the Martial Arts Hall of Fame once or twice. How many times has it been, Crystal? <laughs> oh, globally. So there's quite a bit. <laughs> there's, there's quite a few of them. Um, maybe about eight countries now. And um, I'm also, I recently was honored at the Martial Arts History Museum. Um, oh, so, cool. yeah. For her own day. That's, that's yeah. how well she is in martial arts. <laughs> Everyone should have their own day. <laughs> oh, oh, my eight-year-old son was like, wait, how come I don't have a day here? <laughs> He's like, right? I said everyone should have a day. <laughs> yeah, he felt the same. He agreed with you on this. He's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> You're nice, mommy, but you know what? I should have <laughs> uh, No, I was going to say, Crystal started fighting when she was, what, 18? Yeah, well, professionally, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. I, I, so, I, say, I say that professionally, yes. I grew up in a rough neighborhood. <laughs> my mother, um, at the recent event on the Martial Arts History Museum, actually said, it was recorded saying, based on the path she was going on, she was definitely just going into fighting as a profession because other that or jail. I don't know. <laughs> Where did you grow up, Crystal? Did you grow up here in Los Angeles? I grew I did throughout all the what's considered, you know, bad areas of uh, Los Angeles, Paramount, East LA, Watts, um, Gar we lived for a while, Hawthorne, everywhere that I think I tell people don't go. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Silver Lake is uh, like a million dollar hometown. It's crazy. I know. Yeah, Isn't that nuts? It's totally it's nuts. Really crazy, and all these like really artsy cafes and. 
But I could see how it growing is. up here would be a little bit different. I grew up in the San Fernando Valley area, so wait, like, oh my God, I'm so sure it was totally tubular. Uh, <laughs> Hey, now you have, can't get me out of the valley. <laughs> but honestly, now you can't get me out of the valley. I, I, people are like, oh, you should move to the other side of the hill. I'm like, no, I should not. Nah. <laughs> it's so no, and I'll never leave Hollywood. <laughs> That's just oh, who I am, God. too. Everyone's got their place, yeah. right? Everyone's got Everyone's their Everyone's got their place. Well, my initial reasoning is kind of hilarious to most people. The reason why I don't like the other side of the hill, I don't like paying for parking. It intensifies yeah, right. me that I go <laughs> I, to I feel that. and I have to pay to park <laughs> yeah. and shop yeah. at the store. That I'm, I'm like, wait, wait, let me get this straight. I'm shopping at your store, and now I'm paying you to park and shop at your store. So I'm paying you to shop at your store. I'm not good right, with it. Right, right. I feel I know. no. So, so I, I guess I actually used to live on that side of Hollywood Hills um, in Mount Olympus. And uh-huh. I kid you not, I would drive to the valley just because I refused to participate in that. <laughs> I like, wow, you are serious. I go, no, I'm serious. I go, and I, it's, just, it's just weird. I don't even know where it came from. I just have this thing with it. And I refuse to pay a store for parking that I'm shopping in. <laughs> mm, that's so funny. So you briefly did some Muay Thai training? I, I did, and I still do. Um, I, tra- I train now with uh, Master Eric Antip in Las Vegas. And right okay. now, and we've been fusing Wing Chun with Muay Thai for uh, kind of a new style with my Sifu Kwok and Master Air Fantip for the past uh, two years. And Muay Thai is very interesting to me because the way they use elbows and all these other maneuvers. I actually, um, I did do a little Muay Thai training. I did a film with Gary Daniels. I don't know if you know Gary. Oh, yes, he's a friend of mine. I love him. He's yeah, so, Gary's great. You know, uh, he's always <laughs> smiling, man. Love that guy. He, and he's an amazing fighter. I have to say, for his oh. age, it's remarkable i see this i see him and i'm like my god you look better than most 20 year olds oh 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 my god i called him up because i had seen a film um that was produced by a director and produced and directed by a guy named um fraser ellis and Mm -hmm. the film was okay but i said gary there's this one scene and i swear i'll watch the movie again just for that one scene he literally does a 360 kick off of a pillar. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> yeah, that, that made the movie for me. I can't tell you anything else that happened in that movie other than right? Gary Daniels kick off that pillar. He's amazing. I, I just, every film you see him in, you're just like, man, how do you do that stuff? Um, anyway, so what, what do you guys see for the future of the web series? Now, are you going to shoot like, Season one, 12 episodes. Are you in production now? Where's this headed? Well, okay. So we have we have options ahead of us. The long term goal is to have a network TV show. We're up for a production grant, um, and we'll actually know in the next couple of months if we got it. Um, but the okay. grant is is based on views and comments on the trailer. And so far, we've got 200 comments on the trailer, which is amazing to me. I mean, it's it's that a two amazing. minute. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what 200 comments uh, there could even be, um, but it's, that's really cool. That's awesome. 
And, and where should people comment to help the most? On YouTube. YouTube. On you, right on the YouTube trailer, right? Which we're going to try. We're going to have a link connected to the show somewhere. Right? And a thumbs up. A thumbs up means everything to us right now. You know? Okay. And thumbs up. Subscriptions. Subscriptions. <laughs> oh, yep. All that. And, okay, and all through YouTube. And uh, yeah. and your firstborn. We're not asking you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm not going to participate in that part. <laughs> Where's my quiet one? She's yeah, there. right here. I'm, yep, I'm here. I'm talking. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, my background is like more of a fitness bodybuilding. And um, I moved out to Venice, Venice Beach to pursue that back in 2002. And um, then I ran into some wrestlers at the gym, at the Venice Bulls gym, which is known as the Mecca. Um, yeah. And um, that's kind of like where the seed was planted. Which wrestler? Uh, which wrestler? I'm going to make her name drop because she won't do it unless I uh, her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's well the famous famous ones is of course Stone Cold, The Rock. Um, then we have Super <laughs> Reigns and Mark Henry. All these people were training at the gym. John Cena. Um, so, anyways, they were all training at the gym. I didn't even know who they were, except unless it was The Rock. <laughs> the Rock, yeah. Yeah, but uh, they play now. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely big time. And, um, and it kind of just evolved. I never in my life thought that I would be doing what I'm doing. Um, but I'm very passionate about it. And it, it challenges me in every sense of the word as far as spiritually, physically, mentally, everything. And um, it allows me to grow as a person. So I've kept wrestling in my life this long. I can't even see myself doing anything different. Um, you know, so it's just a, it's a, it's a passion of mine. And I believe that with Karma Club, it allows me to incorporate my passion with also sending out a very powerful message. So um, that's why I love Karma Club so much. It's because I know that it can expand worldwide. It has that kind of potential. And um, it's nice to know that I can make a difference and leave my mark in the world. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. So that my next question has to do with where the the idea originated from. Did you have some sort of political motivation? Because obviously domestic violence is a, a an issue that doesn't get addressed enough in the country. Did you feel like this was a way for you to combine, uh, you know, being a political activist with filmmaking? I think Tara has her story, and I have my story as far as okay. where it kind of where the root of Karma Club came from. Um, for me, is I worked at two domestic, I volunteered at two domestic violence agencies uh, back in my 20s. Um, I, I used to work in the courthouse for doing the paperwork for domestic violence victims. And um, so I got to kind of see firsthand uh, what the women were going through. Um, and then also, I do wrestling videos. And one day I was thinking it would be awesome to do a wrestling video where these women that have, you know, experienced domestic violence, they're able to put the men in the ring, you know, and blindfold them, tie them up or whatever. Right. <laughs> have the women go in the ring and just get their revenge on them, you know. And then that, that, that idea kind of expanded into, well, why not an underground fight club where women are trained to go out and kind of like put these men, like sting operations uh, and catch these men off guard 
and they're humiliated. Um, they're getting the revenge, but they're also they they are being humiliated because they're getting their asses whipped by a woman themselves. So I right. mean, I think that's kind of like the icing on the cake right there. Um, you know, it's not a man going out and getting the revenge. It's it's a woman herself, and women are very powerful. Women underestimate their power, and I would like to say that I women. Are, you know, we have so much more capabilities than what we are aware of. So I just want to bring here. that up. So, I yeah. agree to that. I agree. Mm -hmm. And then what What was the other? Well, it's Tara's well, story. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> my story isn't nearly as much fun. Uh, a couple of years ago, my ex-boyfriend broke into my apartment in the middle of the night and attacked me. And Yikes. I was barely able to fight him off. And during that <clears throat> whole process, it, it um, I, you know, I was left with, with pretty an, an ugly choice, which was either escalate it physically or run out of my own apartment in the middle of the night. And so I left, um, and he, he chased me out the door. And, and so I went through the whole legal process of um, the restraining orders and mm -hmm. all that, and it was frightening and confusing, and my head stopped working properly. And <laughs> you could say I didn't know what hit me. And so yeah. even though the physical part of it really wasn't that bad, especially for me, I am a trained fighter. I'm used to taking bumps. Um, he didn't hit me that hard. He did hit me hard enough to leave a mark, which was stupid because that's how they, they prosecuted him with it, with the, just the photograph of the mark. Um, mm. But as I was recovering, and the recovery was far more emotional than it was physical, I thought, wouldn't it be great if some of my real badass fighter friends got together and beat him up? And then there was Jennifer, and she was such a source of comfort and inspiration to me. I mean, you've never met anybody like this woman. I, I haven't, for sure. She's brilliant, and she's beautiful, and she's so strong, and she's my height, and we're not very tall. And, <laughs> and I, I had been told and believed that because of my age and because of my size, I was no longer powerful, I was no longer worthwhile. And then I see I see Jennifer and she amazes me and she inspires me, as I know I've already said. Um, but she is really what pulled me out of this dark hole that could have been a very bad place for me to end up and, and gave me right. the strength to believe in myself. And without her, there is no karma club. She's karma, you know? I mean, it's loosely based right. on my experiences in terms of the story and how the story moves forward. But she is what inspires every scene in the show. Well, thank you, Tara, because I never knew that I was that much of a significance to you. <laughs> I'm just a believer that there's no limitations and that we should not hold ourselves back uh, being right. by what society has told us. Um, or even by holding ourselves back of what we tell ourselves, because we can be our own true. worst enemies, own worst critics. Yeah, there's so. a thing that we can do that's sort of self-defeating as women, and we list, the problem is we listen to what society tells us is beautiful or what society tells us is the ideal for the female. And, you know, in the past that's been, you know, certain age, certain body right. type. Yep. And, you know, that the weird, odd part of that is most men, and we can ask Jason, our guy here, oh, I think great. most men don't, 
I don't think they judge women as harshly as we judge ourselves or each other. Do you think that's true, Jason? Um, I think at a certain age it's probably true. Yeah. And at certain men it's probably true. I mean, it, it, you know, you get the wrong group of guys together and, and they're going to act like children. Okay, well, there's that. That's true. Right. There's that. <laughs> I, 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 bar, I bartended for a very long time. Uh-huh. And, and uh, <laughs> when you serve drinks to people, you get to see every side of them. I was in Las Vegas, and, um, and I actually, there was a girl that went to the bathroom, and she was wasted, and her boyfriend was on one end. We were, we were in Venetian. And I was mm-hmm. with a friend of mine, and she says, you know, this girl's been gone in the bathroom a while. That boyfriend's still there. Maybe we should go check on that girl. And I go, okay, let's go look. We didn't see anybody in the bathroom. But then we didn't notice there was an exit to the other side, out the other end of the bathroom. <laughs> and for some reason, it was terrible. No, it's it terrible. It was, it, so we go out there, it's dark, and there were three guys, and I kid you not, ages oh my late God, 40s, what? early 50s, they had the girl's dress off, and they were taking pictures oh. of her vagina. And God Are you kidding me? What? I've lost my shit. No. I lost my shit. I basically assault, assaulted one of them. My friend is like, you're going to go to jail because at no, the time I had my oh my son upstairs. So then I let go of the guy and I decided to play the girl card. I screamed rape. And security came you. so fast I said the evidence is on his phone. But these were grown Good men. Good for you. They were not Did they arrest 20s. them? Yes. And these men were not in their 20s. They were grown men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Th- th- some of the worst guys I had were actually older than me when I when I attended yeah. bar. And it's, sure. it's, it's like they lose they lose their mind all over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Like, well, well, you know, I've read and I've read that um, men actually go through menopause. Unfortunately, it's actually untreated because it's a stigma, and mm. it, it's legitimate. Mm. They have they actually have menopause equal to women and because they're untreated because of the stigma this is the result but in fact Hmm. if if society would unstigmatize it a lot of these men would be getting help like women through menopause like that's what that's interesting ed and all ed these are all these are the men's version of menopause and um, yeah they're treating their their erections but that is all yes yeah, yeah, exactly. They're not treating the hormones. They're not treating the emotional right. balance. Like they're they're just treating the erection, and it's like, right. but that it's, that's a symptom. So the hormone imbalances. That's a horrible story. I can't believe. I thought maybe she escaped out the back end of the no. the other side to because she was no. dealing with her boyfriend or something. I'm no. horrified. This would not and this would not be the only thing I've witnessed in my life. You know. Um, and, and, and like you said, it's men of all ages. They don't surprise yeah. me anymore. Um, and no, I work with male-dominated business. And I, I do well, think you know, it's the minority, well, but they're also the loudest. They're also the loudest, yeah. All of my good men, and I'm surrounded by really good adult men who treat everyone well, who treat everyone the way they want to be treated, and they're so baffled by how mm-hmm. much abuse has happened to all the women they know. 
And it's yeah, because the numbers are, don't match. It's not like a predator only has one victim in his life or one, that's correct. one point of yeah. attack. And right. so... And, and, exactly. And I tell women to be completely vile. I said, if a man says something rude to you, you say something so shocking, so yeah, right. They, they, it's, it's, and, and I've mm-hmm. done that. An example, my, my favorite example is there was an, a group of men, and these men were also in the early 40s. And I'm in, I always wear dresses. I love dresses and high heels. High heels are great weapons, everybody. And you look great in all that. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. And you should wear what makes you feel good and happy. Everybody should. And women should Indeed. Not Everyone. dress how they want to. You know? I'm That's watching, right. I'm, there, I'm going into one hotel, and one guy says to me he'd like to look up my dress and fuck me. And I looked at him, and oh, I excuse me, I hope I censor that. And I, and I, no, no, it's okay. I, I told him, I said, I, I said, I will knock you out and crush your larynx. How about that? And there he looked go. at me, he goes, what, what, what? I go, exactly. You're too Yeah, old. I, this knock idea that a woman has to dress a certain way to protect herself is ridiculous to me. You should and be able agree. to wear whatever you want. But, 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 you know, the point is, I tell women, and I've had women go, well, I can't do that. I said, they don't know that. No, they don't. You can that's say right. the most vile thing ever. Tell a man you'll crush his larynx. Tell him you'll, that's great. You want to lose an eyeball today? That's fine. He, he doesn't know you're not capable of that. He just met you. You know, it, it, it's because um, I, I also volunteered at a lot of um, domestic violence um, shelters, right. and and I've had some, and I've taken care of some of them personally. And yeah. I've actually even removed men from the premises with um, women being attacked. And oh yeah. I, I just tell women, I said, look, I go, you just say something horrible because they don't know what you're capable of. I go, and, you know, and like Tara, I have so much respect for her because she went and called the police. She went and followed right. through with the system. She didn't, right. she didn't let it go. She didn't, she didn't, because at the end of the day, it's, I think, easier for a lot of victims to try to forget about it. It mm-hmm. is not being reminded about yeah. it. So uh, by, by reporting it, you're reminded about it. And you're, 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 right. you have to remember, but you know, so you have to, um, but then you have to say, it's like that Spider-Man, I call it the Spider-Man theory. It's, um, you know, if Peter Parker had stopped the robber, the robber wouldn't have killed his uncle, correct? So if right. you have the ability to do something, you should, because the next person could die. That's true. You yeah. know, so that is I true. I mean, and if you look at the data, what, it's like one in three women have been assaulted. I mean, it's oh yeah, it's pretty high number, and I feel well. I feel like things are starting to change though with this whole Me Too movement. I think uh, the environment has shifted to the point where because we need men to be involved in fixing the problem. We can't oh absolutely. We can't do this alone. Well, and so I think right. And one thing is, you do hear of actresses and you know stunt women, and and I've heard and I've known them. You know, it's I've never had these problems with men. But maybe because I'm just the way I am. I I have men I've known and women have told me some vile things that they propositioned them and I'll sit there in shock going, But really? I have known yeah. them. I worked for them. This is not Yeah. And and I don't weird see that way. side of it. You know, um and it's always and I'm and I don't and it's not that I've never believed them because I do. I, I understand like there's there's an energy there's a presence it's um i have a certain way about me and it's very i grew up with all brothers 
I've been in male-dominated sports. I, I was ring fighting at one point. So it's um, men, and I also have a mouth on me. The men think they sense you're not stupid. vulnerable, probably. No, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and I don't, so I don't even have, I don't have these issues, but it breaks my heart because I, I hear the women, and, you know, and, and I'm just this way because I was raised this way. My dad was a fighter. It's natural. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to become this way. And, and, I, and I think it's sad that, like, oh, I don't want to tell them to be this certain way when they're beautiful the way they are. It's, it's really the responsibility of men. It's really, and even, like, I look at my son and I go, this is my responsibility as a mother, as a parent, is to make sure that he, you know, treats girls equally, that right. he is, right. you know, respectful, that he is not... You know, no, you're not going to go and you don't like something. Violence is not the first answer. Um, you know, so I think also when you look at it, I do put a lot on the way they're raised. And, and then yeah. you look at statistics in, in America, and it's tough because you have a lot of single-family homes and a lot of latchkey children. So yeah. you have a lot of single mothers who were incapable of, of, you know, keeping an eye on these boys, right? And as they grew up, they, they latched on to little gangs of boys and, and they have this gang mentality and they're raising themselves. And then voila, these, these men are now adults, but they're now kind of, they were raised in the wild basically. Yeah. And by yeah. no fault of them, I can't, I don't blame the moms because you look at, you know, you're like, they're just trying to pay the bills and get food on the table. Right. It's a boy to adulthood. And you know, and it's I saw It's a tough this situation. It is. And, and, you know, I saw it because I did a lot of work with inner city kids as well. A lot of work. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I got my degree in psychology and biology. Mm. It was really fascinating to me how you look at that and you go, okay, these, they're unfortunately, like, you have environment and the way they're raised and just the right. inherent personality. And, you know, a lot of them, like I said, they're, they're example. I know one guy. He actually had a pretty decent family, but he became rebellious and started hanging out with gangs. And he mm-hmm. grew up with some very bad habits and ended up dropping out of college, even though he had everything handed to him. Um, right. So when they get involved in this, especially boys, boys get this gang mentality thing. And yeah. it's, if, it's not, if it's not monitored early enough, if, it's not, if you're not on top of it and if you don't defuse it, you know, the, the way that my mother handled it, was she made, for my brothers and I, um, there were repercussions. If you hang out with that kid, you're losing your Nintendo. If you hang out with that kid, right. you're not going here. And, and, literally, and so it wasn't even worth it. There were children that my brothers were like, I'm not, I'm not going to be seen with you. I'm not losing my stuff. <laughs> uh, and then my yeah, grandma, who yeah. was fortunate, was home to watch us. You know, but most parents don't have that. So I look now at that problem. Them, is the boys becoming the men. And they're basically raised in the wild amongst each other. And it's just, and then you add other invi- things like drugs and alcohol. Right, and, right. You know, the list goes on. And it doesn't excuse their behavior, but it definitely, um, you know, it takes that the civility out of it. And I think that what happens with some of these abusers is either they're raised in a house where they see girls, you know, women and girls being abused, they're abused themselves. Or they, they snap and they, you know, assault a girlfriend or spouse and they get away right. with it and it just comes back habitual, you know? Um, yeah, it is habitual at, that, at a certain point. Um, 
it also seems to transcend from son to father too. You know, a lot of yes. instances, the father was abusive. So then the son, this is how he learns to, you know, be a man, so to speak. Um, yes. I don't know. Yeah, it's a really tough situation because I don't know how you really break that cycle without. Yeah, you you have to look at the home. It's it's like one of the things I talk about too is like nuclear families. Sometimes mm-hmm. those are dangerous depending on how they're operating. Example, right. if you have the standard mom that stays home and she's cooking and she's cleaning and she's getting dinner ready and she's doing everything, and then the father's holding that, you know, that power position, if you will, yeah. you're, you're now, even though that's a lot of work, it's not, it's not um, respected that way. So those children grow up thinking, well, women are kind of less. The men, the mm, men do the work. Right. The men, the right. men come home. They bring the food to the table. We all wouldn't survive if Daddy didn't go to work. So they grow up thinking women are incapable as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I do tell women that with children. I said, you know, I know a few um, housewives, and I said, you know, it'd be great if you went to school and your children could see that online school, something. Sure. Um, you know, something, even yeah. if you don't need it, just so that they understand that that you are capable. Um, I had I had a another friend. She was um, in a, in a situation where her son <clears throat> didn't feel he was always worried about her. And I said, "Well, you've done nothing to empower yourself to make him not worried about you." So his mm-hmm. view is you're weak, which is, means that he will grow up thinking all yeah. women are weak. And so that's what you look at at the nuclear family is you know people think oh it's great to have a mom and dad at home. Not necessarily. Some of the most successful men and women I know come from. Um, single-family home or yeah. um, diversified home or, you That's know, true. blended home. So, you know, That's I see, true. you know, and especially me coming from a Mexican background, you know, I see a lot of the nuclear families and, and I think yeah. it's a very dangerous recipe. Mm-hmm. I, no, yeah. I don't disagree. If you give your kids a bad example of what a marriage is, that's what they're going to think is the right thing. No, I think you can be a good single parent. It pretty much puts you guys in a position to be really solid, strong role models for young girls. Everybody Tara picked is great. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, this the cast sounds amazing. Um, and honestly, I, I love the subject material because I do think, I think that, that one thing is missing in our society is is movies that have, or even TV series, web series, whatever, that have strong women in and strong roles. And here you have a film that's not only, or a web series that's not only directed and written by women, it's starring women. I mean, this is amazing. This is this is the rare thing that happens, and it needs to happen more often. And I hope oh. that a lot of young girls watch the series and think to themselves, oh, I can grow up and be that? That's great, you know? Well, you- you brought up a good point, and another thing that I, I have immense respect for Tara is I have been in this business 18 years, Yeah, and I have only worked for one other female director in 18 wow. years. Wow. Yeah. I've never worked for a single other female director, so yeah, it's rare. So you know, especially mm-hmm. action female directors. Um, yeah. yeah. So for me to, to you know, when Tara um, was telling me about this, uh, I, I support her 100% because, you, like you yourself know, you don't see a lot of female directors, and it has nothing to do with their lack of talent. It has to do with them not getting the opportunity. That's right. Yes, That's and right. there's and organizations that are trying to help correct that, like Women in Film and right. within the horror community or genre community. <laughs> it's a little wider than horror. There's a wonderful group called Etheria. 
Um, oh, I don't know. And uh, Paula is actually yeah. my fourth female director that I've worked with. So oh, wow. I'm, I'm kicking them. I'm, I'm bringing them up. I'm, I'm doing what I can. I yeah. also have worked with female directors of photography, and there aren't enough of those around. No, no, they're not. We finally had one nominated for an Academy Award for the very first time this year. That's right. right. And that she awesome. deserved yeah. it. Oh my God, what an amazing job she did on the on the movie Mudbound with a female director. Yeah. So it's 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 just ridiculous that that was the first female director of photography ever nominated. I love. I can't remember who it was that announced it, but she said the five male and the female. <laughs> yes, yeah, to make did. a point of that, and it was. But it's sad that that was necessary. But it absolutely was necessary because it, I mean, here we are. It's 2018. Why is this the norm? Right. Yeah. Because of the Harvey Weinstein's and the Brett Ratner's. It is oh my because. God. Yeah. It is. Well, and here is the irony that I like to that I like to tell men who are confused with themselves. The the founder of modern day cinema is actually a woman, Mary Pickford. We wouldn't have what's known as the talkies and the current the current um, medium that we have. If it wasn't for Mary Pickford, it was not a man, and she is the one that organized United Artists. So yes, she did. Right. It's fascinating to me. It's it's really sad when you think about it. Modern day Hollywood is technically founded by a woman, yet women are the most ignored. Well, historically, too, and you look at all the stuff Lucille yeah. Ball did for TV. Yes. Oh, you, yeah. just, uh, you just stole my comment, man. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I love that it was you. I love that it was you that did it. Thank you. That's perfect. For me, it's Lucy, Mary, and Tina Fey. Those are the three women who have really changed television. Very big women. Yeah, very big But Lucy was first, and she couldn't do it with her own name. It had to be Desi Lou, but that's okay. Yeah. Everybody knew who the genius was. Well, yeah. I don't know that everybody knew. Like, I mean, people, the public, I don't no, think, we knew. Do now. Yeah. We do now. I know. And that, I mean, that's how history works a lot, right? Is we find out later that, yeah. you know, we, we didn't know that these people were really in charge. <laughs> that the, 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 <laughs> right. the, pioneers, the pioneers didn't get the credit for being pioneers because they couldn't at the time. And it's always sad when that, you know, when you find out later. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's true. Um, Trumbo is another great example of that. Here was this brilliant writer that was blacklisted by the oh, yeah. neo-McCarthyist guys. And when he won his Academy Award, nobody knew it was his. That's wow. right. Until when? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I, you know, for, for a country that, that has prided itself on being like free-for-all and opportunity and all these things, we've kind of screwed up a lot. <laughs> Yeah. You know, well, we've stood so, up you know, so much I, that we put a sexual predator psychotic in the White House. So, in the office. You know, if you look at the White House just in the last month, they've yeah, been yeah. making our point for us. Yeah, they have been yeah. making Karma Club's point. These things You're need right. to be punished. They need to be punished severely. And you can't You're beat right. your wife and be in the White House for, I guess, more than a year and a half. Right? Well, well you, you know what I saw? You know what I actually had seen today, which is interesting? is um, Trump announced death penalty for some drug dealers. And I said, okay, yeah. wait, can we just pick on well, pedophiles first and rape it? Yeah, what? It's what's going on in the Philippines. It's, it's, well, it's what yeah, Duarte's I doing. Agree. It's frightening. It, well, I, Taking I drug dealers out in the street and uh, uh, not even drug dealers, people who someone said they did drugs. Yeah, and they're being murdered scary. in the streets. And this is what, well, okay, I, don't, I, I didn't want to make this too political. Sorry. No, 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 <laughs> I'm on my right, soapbox. Right. Tina's got a whole other show for that. 
<laughs> I'd be happy to talk about it on another show. Sorry. <laughs> My honest thought was pedophiles and rapists should be first. Right. Um, we we didn't talk about drugs, but there there's a very strong no, possibility that. the show. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, I mean for the show. There's a there's a, a possibility that there's a character that may have a substance abuse issue. I'm not going to talk about what substance it is. <laughs> All right. That that would be a good plot. I'd, I'd be yeah. on it. So how many, um, so now did you say you're going to be shooting 12 episodes for the initial season or? 10, yeah. yes. Okay. I actually prefer the shorter seasons. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think they go, I think the better story arcs when you have seasons that are based on how many shows you have rather than like yeah. being told it has to be 13. It has to be 23. You know, I think right. when the show runners decide how many episodes you get a better season. Indeed. Agreed. The limited shows. series is a, is a great thing. And so even just having the first season be a limited series is, is right for this project. I think it'll establish yeah. it, you know, yeah. and it's definitely going to be a bingeable show. I mean, you can tell already. Yeah. <laughs> You're a very wise man, Vengeable, vengeable, vengeable. What's so interesting about Karma Club is that whenever I talk about Karma Club, the first thing that they say is, is this real? <laughs> they really think that Karma Club is real, that there really is unprecedented female fighters out there. I get that all the time. And the, so <laughs> it's really scaring the shits out of people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that could be a good thing. Comments like, I'm in. How do I join? And I'm in. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. But the fact that all of you got together and now are making this show that's definitely, you know, that, that's got that kind of um, still helpful propulsion behind it, this thing where, you know, you guys are taking on a lot with this show. Yeah, we're not it's shying gonna, away from any of it either. And it's it's going to be no. cathartic for a lot of people. It's a very authentic. It's not about the how much publicity we can get. It's it's really about right. like we feel, we feel something. We feel that something great can be done with Karma Club that will make a positive impact out there, um, and that we do have those volunteer backgrounds and that we have experiences in life that really hit us hard. That's going to be able to be more impactful to the show as we come across on screen. I mean, we've only seen two minutes of it, and we can, or, and you can already tell that there's that passion with the show. Dedicated to making a difference in the world, and making a difference for women who are being abused and ignored and marginalized, and it's not okay. Yeah, I think Tara has really. Um, I mean, she she, all, she knew. I think Tara, you knew most of all of us before casting, right? Personally. Uh yeah. My assessment is that she put it together in an authentic way. Um, and very organic. It all came together yeah. the way it was supposed to, and the right people were doing the right things. And there was no hiring, like <laughs> traditional hiring and traditional casting right. at all. Right. It was all people we oh, knew who okay. were just as passionate when we told them about it. And it's That's kind right. of amazing. No, no project I've ever done has come together like this, ever. It's the law of yeah. attraction. <laughs> That's true. Yes. The dedication. Okay. And yes. Uh, and it was edited by Tara as well. She has yeah. mad skills, everybody. Mad skills. Tara, are you shooting it too, or do you have a different DP? 
Oh, I am definitely not going to be shooting it. Um, we um, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, for a second there, I was like, "Wow, I'm really impressed." <laughs> thank you. No, I mean, some of the shots were mine, but the majority of the shots were done by uh, Michael Sue and Dustin Perlman, who were both just okay. absolutely amazing. And I have to say, as a as a female director, I have worked with men who just looked at me blankly. Um, when when I told them like to move the camera somewhere else, um, right? And these guys, these guys didn't do that. They they treated me like a human being, and that's actually kind of rare. And gave you the right. the, the the respect that you absolutely deserve. It was a wonderful group of people. Everybody who showed up to work on this just really gave it not just their all but but their talent and their thoughtfulness and and brought themselves to the project fully so i've got from from looking you guys up that tara and esther work together on spreading darkness i really need this deal garvin oh i know you do still but i also know you're weak you're afraid to get your hands dirty marcy thinks it sucks and do you know why it sucks because you don't own the Mency technology how is your new invention coming along? The Menzi technology. You have something we want, Antonio. We want it now. We're gonna be rich! Rich! We want the new technology. The Menzi technology. The Menzi patent is all yours. Davis is cut <laughs> completely out. A man kills himself because of you and you don't even care. The pursuit of vengeance. Is understandable. Stu, what's up? I think I'm losing my mind. I'm being stalked. I hear voices late at night. I find packages on my doorstep. Who are you? Who's doing this to me? You want answers? Hop in. God, you. You think this is all about me? Why'd you rip those people off? It's judgment time. Darkness spreads. <laughs> yes. Yes, we have. Yes, right, we have. and 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 where Eric Roberts was in that movie. Yes. Indeed. And the reason I'm interested in Eric Roberts right now, he's actually shooting a county over from us right now. Oh, wow. And I, and I was just curious what working with him was like. But now it seems well, so out of place. <laughs> no, it's a good he's question. Like, Sarah, you want to start? You played his wife. I did play his wife. Um, so it was, he was very respectful. And I've, I've worked with some male actors who, who thought that because they were big names that they could be less respectful. And I, I have to say that um, one of the things that he did was made sure that he knew that I had a wife, but no, that he had a wife, by telling me every time we shot together that I looked so much like his wife. Um, <laughs> it was cute. Um, very, very cute. Uh, he was... I have to say, in terms of talent, the man has it coming out of his ears. Um, <laughs> whether he even knew the lines or not, and sometimes he just makes some stuff up. I, sometimes not. Like, 
<laughs> Sometimes not. <laughs> My character's name was Frida, and in one scene, he calls me Rita, and I'm <laughs> it's funny. It's funny, um, but he was. He really, he really upped my game working with him as an actress, and so I'm very grateful for that experience. Esther, what was it like for you? Oh, well, once we got to him and his team, his real team, everything was great. Um, his real team, yeah, I like that. His real team being his wife. <laughs> okay. He understands strong women. He's comfortable with strong women. His wife is also his manager, and she's an actress in her own right and, and is a wonderful, okay. wonderful woman who does resemble Tara Cardinal, by the way. <laughs> okay, well, so he wasn't, he wasn't making that up. No, he um, does love a redhead. He's, he's mentioned that many times. You know? <laughs> Not to be. Um, too classy to mention that to me. But, yeah. Sure, sure. No, but, you know, and we, we talked many, many times. Um, really was such a treat to work with. I was such a fan from a young age. I saw him on Broadway when I was in college and it was just such a great thing for me to be able to, to work with him. I never told him that I saw him. I told his wife though, <laughs> I admitted it. <laughs> and that I was a huge fan. Uh, but he was extraordinary in the, in the play Burn This um, on Broadway. He took over from Malkovich and I had many arguments with people since who saw John Malkovich do the role that mm. I saw the better performance. And it's not that Malkovich isn't a phenomenal actor, but the role was for the sexiest guy you've ever met. Malkovich in his 40s. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Roberts in his 30s. A homina, homina, homina. Okay? Say no more. <laughs> You you follow me? I mean, wow. I saw his first week taking over for Malkovich, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad it was Eric Roberts. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think. And, and, and he rarely did a lead role in a, in a play and not get nominated for a Tony, but he was not nominated that year, John Malkovich. He was miscast. <laughs> I saw the right yeah, guy. Yeah. And uh, that's the story I told his wife. I, I would never tell him. <laughs> no way. His ego didn't need that from me. But he was, he was lovely to work with. And we had a very strange schedule on that movie where we would start and stop and start and stop because we were shooting it on 35 millimeter film and it was really hard to um, yeah. pay for the damn movie. <laughs> yeah. So we did yeah. it in pieces until it was yeah. finished. And, um, Sometimes he had to be reminded that this was the good one. But as soon as he got to set and was with everybody, it all just got easy and wonderful. And uh, his male co-stars in that movie, the foursome of guys were all so excited to work with each other that it was a joy when we were on set together. Because it was, um, and none of them had worked together before. Louis Mandalore. Oh, wow. From, uh, yeah, oh, my you know God. Who okay. I, Louis, and, Louis is a very good friend of mine. Oh, and well, uh, I, I, you I, I should see our movie. Start, James Duvall with, and John Savage and Eric Roberts. That was the foursome. Wow. And oh. they were all so excited to work together. It really, everybody was so happy and, and just glad to be there and, you know, passionate about what they were doing and excited about these cool roles that they were playing. And it was really, which, which, really nice. And then, but, of course, we but, added in our awesomeness of... Dominique Swain and Robert Davi and Irene Bedard, who was Pocahontas. She's in the new, um, 
Westworld series, the second season mm-hmm. of Westworld. Stars Which is Irene, the only reason um, I ever get HBO. The, the cast, so that's going to be amazing. And um, and Bonnie Aarons, who plays the nun in The Nun. <laughs> we have an interesting group. The, what was it? The Conjuring, Conjuring 2. And that was the part of the movie everybody really connected with. So now she's got her own scary movie where she's the nun. So that's one of the things, too, about the, um, the Karma Club show. Are the, are the men going to be anywhere near as capable fighters as the women, or is it just going to be them getting their, you know, the floor mops with them in every case? Well, I think it, I believe there will be a range okay. of abilities on the male side, for sure. Yeah, you know, I don't want to do any spoilers, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, to, can't, it can't just be an easy beatdown every time, that's for sure. No. That's not the way life goes. Nope. You know? Well, and, and a lot, and a lot of, um, a lot of, and, and quite a few of the guys do come from, like, and when, when I saw domestic abuse, like, they've, they've been boxing, they're in the boxing gyms, and, you know, they are coming from fighting, some of them, so. Yeah. It's real life. Especially those boxers. They don't have what martial artists have. They don't meditate. It's just <laughs> pure animal driven. I, I, my dad was a boxer. I always tell women, don't date a boxer. I mean, I'm sorry. No. Don't. Don't. Yeah. Like, they, they don't meditate. They're not taught um, conflict resolution prior to the fist. They're on animal instinct. Just, yeah. Unless you're a boxer yourself, I, I just, I, I tend to I'm not advise that for women, to be honest. Sorry, boxers. I know I have a lot of boxing fans. <laughs> guys are awesome. But, you know, um, women, I, I say, unless you're a woman from fighting, like, fight women, okay, go date boxers. But average woman who has no fight experience, I, I don't recommend it, no. For How many do you have written, Tara? I think you have, like, 12. You have the 12 episodes already written, right? Well, it's complicated. <laughs> um, it, oh, I'm sorry. It depends on uh, how you consider an episode. So, basically, I have the structure written. Um, okay. But the, the the episodes need to be rewritten based on the cast. You know how I do is I tailor each character to the actor playing them. So I have structure. I know what happens in each scene, and the dialogue is is set, and the action is written. And the, I mean, it's yes, it's there, but it's it's not the function. It's still product. evolving. Yes, exactly. until we have our full cast together and we have every role solid, um, the script will evolve again. So. Well, I think that's one of the strengths you, you're probably going to bring from Indie World is that, you know, you rewrite on set because something <laughs> changes. And sure. you, know, you can't just stop shooting and have things your way. <laughs> you know, like, Indeed. Um, no, no, no. There's a, a hundred times a day that decisions need to be made. And yeah. that's after you've made, a you know, 10,000 of them in pre-production. But, I remember one commercial, a director had, he made everybody wait while he brought two water tanker trucks out because the water, the, the stream wasn't flowing as fast as he had imagined in his mind. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And, and, and this was for a commercial. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's I, money, it's that's why. CGI, right? CGI. And I was like, wow, dude. <laughs> so, my yeah. favorite production designer does come from the commercial and, and big budget music video world and when he works yeah. on an indie it's like oh, okay all right slap dash go like let's do it <laughs> but does the most amazing work when i can give him enough time to do it you know right right but right. if you need something on the fly it's going to show up 
some version of it will be there. <laughs> right. So, right. yeah, it's a balancing act. It's a high wire. We'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I Esther, you that. have a very contagious laugh. She has a great I laugh. I can listen to you laugh. Also. She does. Oh, thank you. I can you. listen to her laugh for hours, I think. <laughs> it's like, it just makes you happy. You're like, this is awesome. Right? <laughs> Oh, that's nice. Saying. Thank you. Thank you all. But it's true. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. Producers yeah. have to have a sense of humor, right? Cry about it, but everything stops, or you laugh about it and keep walking. Yeah, I mean, can <laughs> we get, like, you know, the the website and deadlines yeah, and everything else for people to help you guys out? So you can find us. Um, please just go to YouTube and watch the trailer over and over and over again and leave a comment. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be a positive comment. If you think it's sucks and we're doing something really stupid, tell us that. I want to hear it. Um, <laughs> if you think the trailer is low quality, go ahead. Go ahead. We can take it. We can take it. Yeah. Um, You'll just meet him yeah. in the ring. <laughs> Wait, wasn't it Uva Bowl, my, my dear friend Uva Bowl, who beat, who boxed somebody because he didn't like the guy's movies? He oh, boxed yeah, like really? 14 people because they, they yeah. like his movies. Critics. Because they didn't like his movies, sweetie. Yeah. 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 You could do that. I'm going to have Jennifer be my champion, though. Yeah. So if you don't like the trailer, it's fine. Jennifer will fight you in the ring. And if you're more of a mature person, then it's going to be Crystal. Okay? Okay. <laughs>